Hello and a big welcome to all of you out there who are listening and looking. And today I'm so excited. I have Emily Rose here from Maine in USA. A big welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. I'm excited to be here. And uh, we have been talking a little bit here and and um, it seems like we are on the same page <laughs> so please tell us what what you are doing and how you come to this point and and everything let us know awesome so um i just started and we are official now a nonprofit called called solstice ranch equine sanctuary um, and I'm actually going to read my mission statement, if that's okay. That's okay, yeah. All right. So the purpose of Solstice Ranch Equine Sanctuary is to provide a compassionate, ethical, and holistic rehabilitation for equines and to provide education regarding best equine welfare practices. And if I could sum up kind of who we are and what we do, it would be that right there. Um, rehabilitating horses, mostly behavioral rehab, that other people are afraid of or that don't know what to do. Um, my partner for the sanctuary, he is a hoof care provider and uses cooperative care in his approach to hoof care, as well as a, he's a barefoot trimmer. Um, and I coach on the weekends on the side. I'm slowly tapering down on that so I can focus on um, the sanctuary and really getting that going. And I work in social work full time. Yeah, that's a lot. But as we said, it's it's typical questions. You have to have a lot to do. <laughs> Gotta be busy. <laughs> yes, yes. And these horses you're getting in, I, I that's something you're buying or, or people come with their own horses or, or how is this this uh, going on? I'm a pretty uh let's say I like the woo woo stuff. Um they find us, you know, I, sometimes I don't really know how they find us, but they do. Um, the last intake we had, um, she was actually on a, another person's group that someone had posted that this horse was dangerous. Um, and we took her in, some friends saw it and it was local to me and I took her in and she's wonderful. She is wonderful. She is the biggest love bug in the whole world. Um, I recently adopted a Mustang. So we have three Mustangs here and a burrow, a wild burrow. Um, from a, it was a Mustang adoption satellite event. So some of the work that we do is working with the wild horses as well um, to get them out of holding pens. They usually stay here. <laughs> Um, the reason we did a sanctuary was because if the right home pops up and all their needs are met, then we will rehome them. Yeah. But as far as like advertising, that's just not really our jam. Um, no. We work with clients that we feel might have a specific environment that would suit that horse's need. Um, we're starting to grow our community here. So we know people, um, but it is, it's tough business rehoming horses after they've they felt that safety, they felt that love, they've yeah. had their needs met and it's kind of fighting against tradition on saying, you know, this horse needs to have a forage-based diet. It's hoof care needs to maintain um, in 
in a way that functions for the horse. Mm. Um, as far as training goes, you know, we use positive reinforcement here and ethical negative reinforcement. Um, and we just want to do the best by the horses that come into our care. I think quality over quantity is what we aim for. Mm. Um, and yeah, they just, if we have a spot that's open and a horse finds us, we will, we will take in that horse. There's a specific horse that I am really, really proud of. We took in as a behavioral rehab. His name is Rowan. And he's said to be a Gypsy Vanner uh, Clydesdale cross mm-hmm. or Cobb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, the American, Americans, <laughs> yeah, Americans say different things. Um, yeah. And uh, he is about 17 hands, I'd say 16, 3, 17 hands. And he was very aggressive. Um, the The lady who purchased him from Canada, I believe he came from, he shipped there, came off the trailer and had the, the haulers had two chains over his nose with a person on each side. Cool. And they reiterated he was in fact a good horse. <laughs> However, he got on the trailer and then she said, I don't know what to do. They couldn't get vet care. They couldn't get hoof care. She tried her best to work with him but she didn't know what to do um and we ended up taking him and I actually rode him for the first time like two weeks ago before it started raining and he's incredible now he does his hoof care no problem um he has a herd to hang out with he loves his friends and he is the first one to greet me out there at the gate he's always investigating and how we got there wasn't just um you know I I don't think I'm a miracle worker or anything like that but we addressed his his nutrition number one he got on a forage-based diet um he had space to move we treated him for ulcers naturally and we addressed his hoof care which we can do on site which is very very helpful especially for draft breeds a lot of times their feet come in and they're really they're really unbalanced. He actually had his hook, the front of his hook was curled underneath. Um, He was laying down 50% of the time, if not more. I make a lot of uh, videos of him because he is a case study I've primarily focused on over the last year. And I, I acknowledge he had a lot of anxiety and I think it was caused by pain and also suspicion of he's been moved around. He doesn't know where he is. He has no long-term history with anybody. And then when you're going through pain as well, um, we started to look at behavior from horses, especially me. When I was growing up, it, I was told it was kind of like an agenda, right? Like people the people would convince me that my horse was doing it on purpose. Yeah. As we went on, you know, as I started developing my own training styles, I started to be able to look at the horse and look at their behavior. And that was communication. Why are they having trouble with their hoof care? Why are they having trouble being touched? Is something painful for them? And you kind of have to be a detective (laughs) and to kind of find the root of where is it um, an emotional root? Is it a physical root? Is it both? Um, For his case, I, I think it was both. I think um, some horses are a little more sensitive than other horses and when they experience pain, they end up having aggression with that pain. Yes. Um, or they have anxiety that leads to aggression when they're not being heard that it's uncomfortable for them. Um, 
I am amazed by the horse he is. He is fantastic. Um, he's my new riding buddy. He's great under saddle. The first ride went as smooth as it could. He, there was no problem. I don't know his history. If I, I'm assume he was trained under saddle before. Everything I did, I looked for stress signals and and um, any signs of discomfort, and that they weren't there. And he just went along with it and packed me around like a really really good guy. <laughs> How old is he? They said he was seven. Um, my vet aged him probably around like 10 between 10 okay. and 12 mm -hmm. so he's a pretty young guy yeah how, he's really how long how long did this take for you to get him where he is now about a year and a couple months mm -hmm. so we feel and i feel really really strongly that horses need a year of decompression yes when they have been moved around or if they've experienced something traumatic or mm -hmm. they're having behaviors that are significant they need to be out in a herd they need to be able to get their diet and their hoof care addressed and that is it for the first year even mm -hmm. with our mustangs that we have same thing you know we get them like hey i'm me you're you we're gonna yeah. try to get along here and work together and we have a little bit of a gentling kind of program that we do using positive reinforcement as well. But once they reach the point where they can halter and lead and get the care that they need done, if they need to decompress for a year, two years, three years, it's okay. There's no pressure. Yeah. I know I needed that. <laughs> yeah. I love to hear it because a human are often, it, it has to go so fast. They have to ride them. They have to go to competition yes. And, yes. and stress, 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 stress. And, and uh, yeah. And I came from a competition background and I love to show, but if my horse that I'm working with isn't a horse that um, maybe could go do an, a ranch riding class, you know what I have to do? I have to take my ego and throw it out the window yeah. because I think that if we're really acknowledging what they're telling us, the things that we're hearing aren't always what we're going to want to hear. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's a, that was a hard one for me. I think when you're, when you're a kid, you imagine this relationship with your horse mm. that's like almost like a unicorn. You know, yeah. you imagine them running to you in the field and you imagine, you know, you connecting on a level that sometimes is hard to connect with with other humans. Yeah. And even though I loved horses so much before I, I went on my positive reinforcement journey, I didn't have that relationship with my horses. They didn't run away. But they complied to me putting their halters on. They complied mm -hmm. to me putting their saddles on. They weren't interested in what I was doing. They were just doing it because before, if they didn't cooperate, an aversive was added, right? And now when I go out there, they're all lined up. Seriously, every single one of them, <laughs> <laughs> they're staring through the fences. They're pick like, me, hey, pick me. <laughs> my, my donkeys are so funny because I, I have a, uh, wild burrow that I trained with positive reinforcement and we did our freestyle at Liberty and he's so funny his name is Mr. Bojangles and he's got one and a half ears right one was like <laughs> ripped off in the wild and he stares through the fence just like this you know and he's looking at me and 
I actually call him the creep, you know, because they're all <laughs> So it like when I go out there, I started to feel really valued because I knew that my horses wanted to do what I was doing. They wanted to be with me. If I'm out there in the fields, just, you know, messing around, walking around, looking for rocks or whatever I'm doing, they're all, you know, in a line following me yeah. around. And it's just the best. I don't think you can re- recreate that feeling when oh. they want to be with you. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you get some very funny moments. As you said, when you go go out there and you and you do something, they they want to be with you and <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. It's really, really uh I feel like my life is a little mix of uh you have to have humor, you know, because yeah. life isn't always easy and and I, I try to take things not so seriously. You know, I think that was a huge part of it. I actually really like to be a perfectionist and I like things to go exactly my way, that piece of control. Mm-hmm. And trying to let that go, it's it's been a journey. It really, yeah. really has. Um, you know, I, I hear I, that often. I hear yeah, that very often. The yeah. muscle memory, too. Like, you almost create yes. this muscle memory of mm-hmm. that control and you feel uncomfortable when you start ripping away those layers, yes, you know, when, um, and I think, I don't know if I would have gotten to where I am if I didn't separate myself from all the teachers that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have the courage to take a step outside the box and do something different, I think I might have been influenced to stay in tradition and I don't know if I'd be on a horse journey if I did. Cause I think it was hard on, on me. I had a lot of anxiety, a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I know what you mean. Um, it's not always what you're thinking. As I said, as a little girl, we have so many dreams and yeah. it's not really what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was taught more about what the horse needs mm-hmm. in order to succeed. Like the welfare piece of our nonprofit is very important to me. Um because I don't think people really even knew the difference. You know, they were doing what they were taught. Yes. And then yeah. didn't search for the answers and taught the way that they learned. And so that just kept going in a spiral. But now we have so much information available Mm. to us. Um, Social media, you know, the resources we can find to find a different way is incredible. I mean, we're so lucky to be able to have that. Mm. My my family's musicians. um, My dad's a musician and we grew up playing music and he used to have these little, he had the, has this box and cards where he used to write the lyrics and like the, um, the keys and the chords above the lyrics. And I go, you know, why don't you just use an app? He didn't know he could use an app. <laughs> and he was like, there's so many songs I could play now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have to sit there for hours writing down the chords. Well, and, the, and I hmm. think the same is with horses. You know, hmm. if you're really, if you are willing to look for a yeah. different answer, you will find it. And mm-hmm. you don't always have to look 
externally. You can look internally and know that if something's not right for you, your gut is telling you that. Mm. That's right. There's so so much help and, and information on the internet. Totally. And there's so many different teachers that align with different people. Not every student that I get will work with me or want to work with me and yeah. not and vice versa. I think it's important to recognize who you feel really aligned with, not just in training, but as a, as a teacher, as yeah. someone you feel aligns with you teaching. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want someone coming to me if they don't feel safe with me, if I don't teach in the way that works for them to be able to learn, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it's really, really important. We take that stuff seriously because it not only affects us, but it also affects our horses. Yes. Oh yeah. They can feel it. <laughs> They're really, really good at telling me when I'm not doing something that aligns with them. I give them a lot of choices to say no. And I know that sounds kind of controversial from tradition, but when I allowed them to say no, I actually got more yeses. So if they have a choice to participate in something, um, I'll use my, I have a Tennessee Walker I took in and he came with a bucking issue. They said he bucks under saddle. He okay. <laughs> bucks really bad under saddle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember them telling me, you know, you're not going to be able to get on this horse without someone holding him. And I said, if someone has to hold him, I'm not getting on. <laughs> you uh, know? It's just no, like, that's I, right. not, yeah. I have mobility issues. I'm not, I'm not going to risk that for myself and, and to put him in harm's way either. And so as we started to learn each other, he actually had a positive Lyme disease test. So his skin must have been really uncomfortable. And I suspect he had ulcers as well. When he came to the ranch, he had time to just decompress. And now he's the horse I can just get on at Liberty and just walk off. And he's wonderful. Okay. But he will tell me no. If he's having a day, maybe he's sore because Lyme doesn't just go away. You know, it stays in the body. And um, if he doesn't feel good that day, he will just walk off. And I have to be the big person, right? And say... Okay. That's okay. I, I yeah. hope I hope maybe next week we'll give it a try again. And mm -hmm. if you don't want to, you don't want to. And that is a really hard lesson to learn. Now I'm okay with it and I'm proud of them for doing that. But it wasn't always that way. I felt like I wanted to control situations. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a lot of deep inner work to do on myself and I still do. And I work at it every day. Um, but these guys have shown me more of what I need to do on the inside than anything ever has in my life. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really, really cool stuff. And it all comes to that the horse is your mirror. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. You want to hear a really cool kind of, um, I've had a lot of health issues the past couple of years. You know, um, I actually have a full right side tremor and, mm -hmm. uh, this this training, the way that I do it now, is the only reason I can still train. If I was doing it the way I was, I wouldn't be able to do what I, I was doing. And um, I think it was probably a year and a half ago or maybe two years now, 
my soul horse that has taught me every lesson up to this point, Dakota was laying down in the field and I had been experiencing tachycardia in my heart. So my heart was racing. Um, It would do it intermittently at times. And I had remembered reading an article about horses' heartbeats and how they slow down us, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to put this to the test. And I went out while he was laying down and I laid down with him. And my heart started to slow down. It was like, I could feel it starting to sink and I could feel myself starting to regulate. And that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Um, The fact that he always is just such a sweetheart and lets me just lay with him. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he came into my life to really help me heal. And noticing the physical effects of my heart actually slowing down was it was just, it was amazing. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he could have left. Yeah. And, and the, because when your heart is beating like that, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe yeah. uh, there's some danger or something like that. And I think that trust bank, uh, I tell this to a lot of the people that I work with a lot is that you're going to have off days. You're going to have those days where you really just need to see your horse and just like that, they could walk away or whatnot. Mm. But if you consistently show up for them and build up that trust bank and maybe that trust banks at 90% and you take away 20%, you still got trust there and you still got security there for them. Um, I've noticed that a lot because I'm not perfectly regulated all the time. You know, I work in social work. I have hard days. I try to acknowledge when my days aren't good and do something else and not do training that day. But they are really receptive and they feel safe that I will walk away if I need to and they can walk away if they need to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes the difference. Yeah. My horses never have halters on, you know, they always say, like, if I'm riding once in a while, they will, but usually like if I'm grooming or fly spraying or whatever we're doing, um, they don't normally have halters on. They're usually at Liberty most of the time. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. We do some pretty cool stuff here. I'm excited yeah. to start kind of sharing with the world the magic that is here um people thought I was a little crazy I think in the beginning to buy the property we did because <laughs> our house had no windows and we have 24 acres here right mm-hmm. and they, someone had been destroying the house I think some angry teenagers and yeah we, we had no running water when we started you kind of find these journeys you know mm-hmm. they kind of come to you But this was the first property I ever saw. And I just knew I had to be here. Like this was, this was my home. And And I have a, I have a guess. The stable was made first. (laughs) You are a hundred percent right. We had the run-ins going, water going, everything for the horses. And uh, we still, my house is really not, um, you know the construction is still a work in process but (laughs) right yeah so we came here and people were like well you have no flat land we have a huge hill right because this used to be an old glacier rock Uh and 
there's trees and we're across from a bog. So there's wildlife everywhere, right? We have snakes and turtles and mm. birds and eagles and hawks, deer, yeah. moose, all these things. And it's not flat. Right. And sometimes mm -hmm. when I just want to kind of ride on a flat surface, I'll be like, I really wish I had a ring. <laughs> but in the long term, for my horses moving yeah. up and down the hills all mm -hmm. the time, it's awesome. Like rehabilitation wise, you can't get better than the horses having to move wow. up and down the hills all the time. I don't even need to set up a track system. They already make their own. Mm -hmm. It's really, really neat. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we, we definitely catered to the horses before we catered to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I have to give a big, big thank you to my partner, Dan. He does, you know, he travels around doing hoof care, but he does a lot of the management out here at the farm. Um, and luckily he can do it because he's a pretty strong human. <laughs> he yeah. lifts around like 500 pound uh, 600 pound round bales up you know that I can't do yeah. <laughs> so he's, uh, I'm very very grateful for him and his patience he I have a long-standing history with horses but he has a long-standing history of being extremely patient mm -hmm. and as far as someone walking into the horse world a couple years ago well, five five years ago or so now he has just taken off and the horses are so receptive to him because he he didn't um he didn't grow up in tradition with horses he just started while I was on I had just started my positive reinforcement journey and uh he didn't get to see kind of the ugly side of things and yeah. it's been really really neat he has a very different perspective on horses and horse training and how he uses ethical methods with um trimming and just getting horses used to him it's pretty cool yeah that's cool he <laughs> he, he doesn't have this background uh, that no. <laughs> we, we have no he doesn't have the to be honest i it was a lot of trauma for me um yeah growing up in a competition world that was really unethical mm. and it wasn't just the unethical piece for the horses it was also for us we were never taught proper body mechanics while riding no. um, I was put in a lot of dangerous situations that weren't necessary I I remember specifically one time I've never really talked about this in public. <laughs> so mm. this is this is a yeah. yeah. I remember uh, one time I was competing and I had this horse and she was infamously known. This is kind of my history coming out to fruition now why I have a sanctuary uh for being a little unmanageable. Yeah. And she was cold cold backed and would bolt when someone got on and you couldn't hold her or she'd flip over backwards right yeah. and it sounds crazy to say this out loud because mm -hmm. you realize the cognitive dissonance you have when you're in those situations especially mm -hmm. as a kid you don't know what's going on you're just expecting the people around you to keep you safe mm -hmm. and I got on this horse tried to and some person another trainer that was 
not someone she was familiar with was holding on to her bridle. You know, in those days, I used a double bridle, right? So you've got two bits, a curb in her mouth, all these things that I will never use again. We'll just put it that way. You know, and there's nothing against if people, if that's their journey, that's their journey. But for me, that's just, that's not my journey anymore. No. She held on to that curb and I kept screaming. I was like 13, let go, let go. And she didn't let go. And she flipped up over backwards on top of me. And I knocked myself out. And when I came to, I'll never forget this. I was like, I couldn't feel my legs. And my horse at the time was trying to bite people. She didn't want to leave my side. And the reason this is so important is that no matter what I put her through, no matter how scared I was, she was still connected to me. Hmm. And I owe her everything for that. Everything that I ever went through and she went through, she didn't deserve that. And part of the reason we do this, I think, is for me trying to make up for lost time. Yeah. And I've had to really work on my guilt because mm. guilt also can lead to anger, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I know. Mm. Um, but I was okay. Somehow I didn't hurt any part of my body except, you know, I do have some long-term back issues, but it wasn't like I had something so significant. I would never be able to ride or do anything again. Mm. And I was really angry about that for a long time because the night before I kept telling all the trainers, something's wrong with her. Something's wrong with her. She's not okay. Something's wrong with her. And Mm. nobody listened. No. And I decided when I was going to be an adult and teach, because I always wanted to have a rescue and have a farm that I was going to listen to what people had to say and what the horse had to say, because Mm. it was important and it could be life or death. Yes, that's right. Yeah, this is some heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. And and I, yeah, I could also talk about this for many, many hours. I have been through it myself. And I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. I think, I hope, I see the collective changing. Um, but it's hard I want to come at a place with unconditional positive regard for humans and horses mm-hmm. at all times. But when you've been through it and you've sat in it and you've done it, I have been a horrible horse trainer before. And I am very open about talking about that is that in my younger years, when I didn't know a better way, I was a terrible horse trainer. And I say that because I wasn't regulated. I was very unregulated and my anger came out with the horses mm-hmm. right because if they're if they're going to mirror something they are going to mirror your rage or your anger that you haven't dealt with and moving through that process has been deconstructing that letting letting myself heal from that um even if i beat myself up for being the trainer that i didn't want to be i didn't want to be that person but i i didn't know how to regulate myself anymore i didn't know where advice was we I live in a very small community in in Maine there's not a lot of of different horse trainers here it's very similar um and I had to find my own research 
But that led me to a journey where I'm able to do what I can do today because I recognize the stress. I recognize the anxiety in the horses and in the people because I felt it. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's loaded. (laughs) And and you have to go through it yourself to, to know what is happening. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just think the amount of true cognitive dissonance that I had, um, you hear sayings like, it feels like hitting them with a sock when you take a whip to them. That's not true. (laughs) You know, we found through science that horses experience more pain on their skin than we do. Yeah. They do it for us. Mm -hmm. And I think when we reframe it in a way of like, wow, that horse went through a lot, but still served us. Mm. It's almost really selfish for us to continue those practices. Yeah. And, and I think I'm not perfect. I will continue to make mistakes, mm. but I really, really try to be thoughtful every time I ask my horse to carry me, Yeah, you know, to get in the trailer and go down the road you know they have to blindly trust us that we're going to keep them safe yeah that's right yeah (laughs) yeah and you're (laughs) talking about this is non-profit but how do you how do you do that well i'm lucky to have a very good partner (laughs) (laughs) a rich one Yeah, no, (laughs) we uh, build things and we cut, he cuts down logs for us to build fences. And um, I keep my primary job that I'm very thankful to have as a source to be able to fund what we do. Um, It's been a tricky process. I don't have as much time as I'd like with my horses out there. Um, But when I do have time, it's worth it. You know, it is, it's everything that I've ever wanted every single time I go out there. Um, and I think it kind of makes up if I miss a day or two, whereas Dan gets to see them every day. And I always say he's the better person for it. (laughs) I'm going to say this because not because he has a lot of experience, but because he's always patient. Mm -hmm. He is so patient and I'm gonna let everybody in the world know that when I wake up in the morning I am not patient (laughs) it takes me a good hour and a half to even talk to anybody um give me coffee (laughs) (laughs) I need some sort of caffeine you know Um, no I've tried to cut back on caffeine but I just don't I have a very creative and hyperactive brain and that shows up when I sleep as well. So when I wake up, I'm not really regulated with the world yet. Um, but he's really, really amazing. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful that he does what he does and the horses respond to him. And sometimes he gets through to horses that I feel I can't and vice versa. I mean, we have a really, I have a tendency to lift up horses like oh let's go do all the things right mm. well I'll bring up their energy levels a little bit where he has a good balance of bringing them down you know like okay we've got a really anxious horse he's really soft and quiet and patient and all those things that I I aspire to be more of um 
where I'm more enthusiastic and go-getting. And so we work as a team to get this done and I, I couldn't do it without him. How many horses do you have? We have, okay, we have two donkeys. I have to count. I think it's nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just laid our, actually our first horse that we've had to lay to rest um, this spring, which was Dan's first horse. That was originally in a, uh, I don't even like saying it, but the pens that lead to um, not so good circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and he taught us both a lot. And it's really sweet having him here, that he's home. And he got to be home for a couple years. So I think it's nine. We have three, four, five six, seven, eight, nine. And we actually do have someone, a client of both of ours uh, that is looking at Lady May that we took in um, this past winter. She was the one on on the group that was posted about behavior rehab. And our client was looking for a companion horse because she just lost hers mm-hmm. for her Mustang and we think it might be a really good fit so we're going to try that out we're not very good at doing the rehoming no. <laughs> um, they're all really really special to us but change is important and I think when there is availability for those homes that means another one can come in and it'll find us <laughs> no matter <laughs> where it is or um, it just seems to happen that way. Yeah. Do you take in students with their horses and, and help them? No. no. I would like, i not on the property. Um, I go to, the, I travel to their farms and work with them there. Okay. I think it adds a whole nother, I don't do that very often. I have about three to four clients at the moment um, where I'm trying to actually shift more into just the nonprofit stuff because of my time and my, my brain energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a lot of energy, but I do wear myself out um, yeah. working six days a week. And if people were to come here, I feel at this time it might, detract from what what's so special about here mm-hmm. and I say that because it's quiet yeah. all the time mm-hmm. so for horses that come in just like my brain busy 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 anxious mm-hmm. anxious anxious yeah and they get a chance to breathe and there's not a lot of movement um, their herds stay very similar it gives them that chance to really decompress and I think if I was bringing in more horses all the time um that would change the environment a little bit and that might happen and we'll have to kind of play it by ear as we do take in more horses. Um, yeah, that that's kind of the balance we have going on right now. And it, it seems to be working really well. Hmm. I'm also kind of a hermit <laughs> <laughs> when I get to be. <laughs> have you been thinking of maybe uh change so you could be at home all the time or yeah (laughs) you know I hope my boss isn't watching this no (laughs) (laughs) I do think 
that eventually that that's my goal. Um, you know, when you start off in a farm, there's finances that you have to have tractors, trucks, all mm. these things. And I really get enrichment out of my job. Um, it's kind of, it's a really fun job because I get to support special Olympics and people with disabilities. And I'm hoping in the future, my real plan is if I can finish school to actually have a degree. Um, I'd like to work with people that I feel I resonate with um, that are neurodivergent, that maybe have mobility issues and know that they don't have to give up their relationship with their horses and they can still enjoy it just as much, if not more, um, just using a different way. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the end goal. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm 30 now, so I'm aiming for 40. <laughs> that's my, that's my 10 year goal is to finish school. Um, so I can be licensed in therapy and, work on my nonprofit in the meantime, learn more about myself and hopefully by 40 we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. And I love music too. I think, um, I get really inspired by a lot of things. Sometimes it's hard for me to focus down on one thing I want to do. Mm. Um, but I, I think music is really healing. And if you combine music and horses, that's even better. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a lot that people that are like me um, that are more hyperactive and have a lot of energy get calmness from movement. Mm -hmm. So like meditation is actually really hard for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of resources out there for people learning to calm their nervous systems, but not always for people that are hyperactive and want to talk all the time and move all the time. And I hope to work with people that feel that same way. You know, this is what I've found that really calms me is taking a walk rather than, and noticing all the trees and the birds rather than trying to sit still and frame yourself into something that's harder for you to do because <laughs> mm -hmm. you know yeah. healing is hard but I think uh if you have energetic movement a lot using that to your advantage to be able to focus is helpful I have a lot of adaptations I use I have a bouncy ball at work because I'm really bad at sitting at a desk and I'll bounce on that ball and I'll be able to type for hours and hours and hours and it's really cool. There's some really cool adaptations coming out for people. Um, and I've seen more neurodivergent people talking about their experiences with horses too. And it's really awesome that we're starting to build more of a community of setting people up for success in the way that it makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. It's cool stuff. Yeah. It is. Now that I've talked your ear off, I don't even know how long it's been. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's interesting, I think. And and uh, as you also talk about that, that uh, usually we talk about yoga and all this and sit still and, and heal in this way. But as you said, there's a lot of people that have this 
extra energy. So yeah, why not meditate when you're doing something? Yeah, I think, and it's almost, I know for me, I would get so frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. That I couldn't sit still. Like it was this, I watched all these people in a group be really peaceful and calm their minds. And here I am wiggling and shaking my leg. And, <laughs> but, and then I felt, and pe people were getting over, like they were just like, hey, can you just calm down? I said, oh, I'm calm. I really am calm because I'm moving, right? And it's it's this funny thing where I've now learned to laugh at myself that if I want to focus in a meeting, I should be hold like I'm holding a cup right now and I'm moving yeah. the cup around. Yeah. And I think over time I will be able to settle this more. But in those moments, trying to force yourself, if you have a, it's almost like um, taking a kid that has, that is hyperactive, putting mm -hmm. them in a classroom and making them sit. Yeah. They're just a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. And that leads to rage, right? Or a horse. It's the same. Or a horse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think that sometimes for people or animals that are different, like I am, that that can't just drop down into that stillness, that's that regulation and that calmness comes from doing. It comes from that like movement. You don't necessarily have to have your brain on, but moving your body helps me get in my body mm. right mm. and that's something that I've that's really hard to learn is yeah. getting in your body but finding a way that works for you not everything is is um calm for everybody <laughs> and I, this is a learning process and I, I'll update when I know more but I've, I've started to really kind of dig into how everybody's unique you know, everybody, every horse is unique. Yes. And it's, it's meeting people and animals where they're at and helping them in ways that are maybe a little non-traditional and don't quite fit in that cookie cutter mold. And that's always kind of been me. I always been a little off kilter. <laughs> yeah <laughs> who wasn't <laughs> yeah, that's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> especially as horse folks you know yes yes <laughs> wow yeah that's a wonderful um travel or what you say that that your future thinking and all this i think it's wonderful and i'm mm -hmm. i'm very happy for your horses they found this place <laughs> Because, they're amazing. Uh, they're all of them. I'm very thankful for them. Yeah, there's a lot of horses out there who had needed a place like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, if people wanted to get in touch with you, um, yeah. how do they do that? <laughs> so, I am on Facebook, um, Solstice Ranch. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. So mm -hmm. if you type in Solstice Ranch, the only thing added to that is I spell Solstice S-O-U-L. Being a musician, I had to add a little soul to it. So yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Solstice Ranch and Solstice Ranch Equine Sanctuary. Um, we are in the process of trying to get our social media to match 
you know, all our nonprofit stuff. So it could be either Solstice Ranch or Solstice Ranch Equine Sanctuary, depending on when you're looking. Hmm. Exciting. Exciting. Thank you. And I'm also Emily Rose on Facebook as well. That's my personal account, but I do post quite a few um, musings and different things on there as well. Wow. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, being here. It's It's been exciting to hear about. And I also feel this, uh, yeah, what do you call it? <laughs> buzzy. <laughs> yeah, buzzy. There's, there's something there. Um, it's always nice to meet new people. And some of them you talk a lot good things with uh, most of them but some of them you just feel yeah it's the same as me it's uh yeah 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 you know what i mean i really enjoyed this too thank you for allowing me space to kind of just veer off and go in different directions i really appreciate that yeah and thank you very much for coming today it had been a pleasure and uh Thank you a lot for listeners and viewers out there. And please subscribe to this channel if you wanted to see more. We are on every week. So welcome and thank you. <laughs>